Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin, and I got a very special guest with me. Um, he's an accomplished man. Um, he's actually 81 years old, and he's done a lot, so I'm actually honored to get this time from him. Mr. Arthur Miller. Thank you for joining. Okay. Thank you for joining me, sir. All right, that's good. That's all. That's uh, 86 years old, and uh, it's Arthur Fuller, F-U-L-L-E-R. Oh, Fuller. I'm sorry. I, I said it wrong. And it's 86. Yeah, 86. Oh, wow, wow. Okay, so I put the time. I put the. I said that I took eight took years off for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How's your day going? It's going good. It's been a busy day. Uh, but uh, got a lot of things I needed to do done. Two or three of them were serious, so I got two or three serious things done today. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and get started. Um, okay. The first thing I know, like um, when we first we we entered your grandson introduced us quickly, and mm -hmm. when we talked, the first thing that you mentioned was uh, free enterprise. I wanted to get your definition of that. Uh. Okay, free enterprise is a reference to uh, what could be defined in this country as the freedom to be enterprising or to own a business, basically. And we could go into a long talk about, you know, the difference in that. But the fact is that, uh, that at this point in time, every single person could literally be in business for themselves. and. Uh, that uh, one one thought about that is the whole idea of what's happening on the internet right now. So that's that's what I meant by free enterprise. Um, the opposite of that is what employment or employee. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we can we can have another talk about uh, the contrast between those two. Well, I wanted you to go in depth a little bit. What some people may not grasp the difference. I wanted you to get a quick synopsis of the difference. Think about that for a while. If you really, really do own a business and you're operating a business, then you are you are then or now a part of what's called the American free enterprise system. You're free and enterprising. When you are employed, have a job, uh, it's a bit of a stretch, but uh, What's the difference between uh, getting up at five or five thirty or six o'clock in the morning and going to the cotton field or the corn field or the sugarcane field and getting up in the morning and going down to a luxurious office on the thirteenth floor at the bank? Anybody yeah. ever made that comparison? No. No. <laughs> uh, you are you are at what owned not by yourself but you're owned by the job so my thought about that is that uh free enterprise and what you'll find out is very very few people only people who own businesses own i mean own okay are the ones who are who are the participants that are part of the free enterprise system everybody else is working for them, aren't they? 
Yeah. So how do you think we get to this point? Well, you get to that point because, because you want to really be a part of the free enterprise system instead of uh, just being uh, a, <laughs> what we say, an employee in it. I use those terms. But that's, that's where you really uh, want to be. And, and uh, we, we're not, you don't have that, well, you have that option, but it's not happening. Yeah. And that's, that's the area that I, I focus on a lot because uh, I know the difference and I uh, have taught and dealt with the difference between real uh, business ownership and I like to talk also about the difference between business ownership and business loanership. What we get in this country to a large extent is business loanership because uh, most business ideas put up before you uh, require you to borrow money or to spend quite a lot of money to get a business going and off the ground. We're at a point now where that is not necessary to own a business that is big and worldwide. Wow. That has to do a lot with the uh, communication systems that are around and available to us now. And with that kind of thing, uh, you can be free in free enterprise in the sense that, that you don't have a bunch of debt uh, holding you down or at least keeping you uh, going consistently, but you can build big businesses now with technology. I and think it's, I'm sorry, I was gonna say, I think it's fascinating to hear a gentleman your age talking about technology because unfortunately as people get older, they don't like to evolve with technology, but it seems like you, you've actually adapted and you wanted to evolve with it. Well, uh, I've spent in business, uh, what that you might call it uh, for myself since I was about 12 years old or so. Uh, so. So I, I have a note on a contrast between that and others. And at some point you can look at it, but been involved in several different businesses and so forth. And, um, and got started in business by an internet-based business that would allow you to, to develop a business without all of the infrastructure and so forth. In fact, if people look very closely at what's happening around them now, you'll find out that businesses are going toward what? More internet, social. Going toward, they're going towards the uh, internet or to the uh, communication system. Yeah. And uh, you can even see that to some extent now around. If you notice, back when I was growing up, we used to have what we call corner stores. And that was a little store next to a garage, next to a service station. Is that right? Yes, sir. You remember? And that's where yeah, I the grocery store and thing. What kind of things are being built in uh, the Washington D.C. area now? When was the last? When was the last time you saw a 10, 12, or 15-story commercial uh, retail build building built? Wow. It's <laughs> It's been a while. They're normally just building like apartments and real estate things. The only, just about the only place you see that now is what? In apartment complexes. 
Yes, sir. All right. And uh, and what are, what are they starting to build now? On, on the corners, you build a service station, gas station, and about three or four or five small business things next to it. Have, is that happening in Washington, D.C. area? Um, a little, but it's mainly, it's more, it's more apartments now. Like, like yeah. you said, no, they're building, they, they're moving towards technology more. So like you said. Yeah, no, but what I'm saying is that if you look at what's happening now, in fact, uh, if you, if you looked and listened, you'll find several major, uh, uh, sort of stores or retail type stores major ones have closed down haven't they yes sir exactly right. we actually get ready to we they actually getting ready to close like uh in this area we have groceries like a big chain of grocery stores those getting ready to close uh yes. we have it's a, it's a it's a place called GameStop to sell video games they get ready to close yeah. like 200 stores across the nation so yeah, yeah and, and those stores and the bookstores have literally disappeared without you thinking a whole lot about it, haven't they? Yeah, book definitely bookstores because we move yeah. more towards the uh, the the tablets and electronic books. Electronic books and things. I lost you for a second. Turn your mic on. Uh oh. Are you You're okay? Now? You're okay. I'm okay. We're okay. In. But if you look at that kind of thing, and what's happening, I know here is that they're building uh, the, the the stores. And in fact, think about it for a while. When what retail have you seen that was it, two stories high? <laughs> you got me on that one. <laughs> no, nah, look, when you seen a, a a retail business or whatever time in the last five to seven years that was two, that was had a second floor. I'm now you got me thinking. I'm, I, I I don't recall. That's right. Because it's not necessary anymore. Most of those things, like the grocery stores and everything. Uh, what are they starting to do now? They're promising you two-hour delivery, aren't they? Two yeah. to three-hour delivery? Yeah. You, you could certainly promise, what, have something by the end of the day, but I, we have some major grocery stores now that are saying within five miles, two hours. Yeah, we actually, me and my wife actually subscribe to a service like that. It's called Instacart. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So. And so, so that kind of thing and what one can do, and, and uh, this, this will be, have to be a conversation of another time. I just finished a conversation uh, a little while ago where we are promoting an idea for individual business ownerships that uh, literally doesn't even require products. Wow. That's, that's a little... <laughs> far away on, on the other side talk product what, what's the biggest thing going now amazon.com right yeah oh yeah <laughs> right and and now what store did you go to none yeah Chip from a warehouse they bring right? it right to the house <laughs> and if you ever got to look in there 
the uh, uh, pulling stuff off the shelf and putting a label on it is automatic, isn't it? That's what we're going to talk about when we talk about what's happened with the internet as it's grown and computer technology. They got a machine that goes around and looks up on the shelf, pulls it off, brings it back and sets it on a, on a tape thing. And when it gets to a certain place, the correct address is stuck to it by a machine. Is that right? Why well, do you know, I, you schooling me on this one? Because I, I haven't had the opportunity to look, so you yeah. actually educate me on this one. Well, that's the, how does Amazon work? They, they I work on delivery. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what's happening, and what we're doing, and I'm working on a whole project to get people to to see that with that kind of arrangement, individuals can now own a business and become a representative for uh, the different companies. In fact, they talk a little bit about that uh, in terms of TV ads and so forth. Those people there are promoting your, what? Buying and selling and so forth uh, right there on the air. Yeah. And nowadays we can deal with individuals who want to be in business for themselves have them be set up such that what they become are referrals and information and representation for the major uh, distribution companies. Yes, sir. I and, wanted to give you. I'm sorry, I wanted to give you a chance um, because what what actually drew me to you was your grandson had mentioned that you was a designer on one of the Navy fleets. How did that come about? Um, after. After uh, some graduate school study and one year of uh, college teaching, the uh, U.S. Navy Department of Defense advertised for a mathematician. And that was my area of study was mathematics. They advertised for a mathematician uh, to uh, come and start to work on the idea of what you might call automating ship design or computerizing ship design. Now, at that point in time, they did not even own a computer. In wow. fact, I think I managed to contract to buy the first computer that came to there. And it might have been one of the first in the whole area. Wow. But anyway, um, and what was happening is that computer and computer technology had grown to the point that uh, this kind of thing was done by computer. Those apartment complexes that you're talking about, that was done with computer-aided design, wasn't it? Yes, sir. Okay. Before that, you had people at drawing boards, didn't you? Yes, sir. What's happened to the drawing boards and the different colors and <laughs> that kind of thing, right? And a move to the tablets. <laughs> and and uh, after after a uh, an interview and so forth, they hired me to come in. And at that point in time, those people were literally building their own, had, where the guy that I started to work with had literally built the computer that they were using. And when I went there, the office was in the back of a large room and there were about 35, 30, about 35 or 40 draftmen each of which had a big table, and that's how shifts were drawn and designed. Wow. Right? That's how everything was done, isn't it? 
Well, you, I bet a little easy for you, but that's how it was done. That almost literally was <laughs> no such thing as a computer. All right. Wow. And uh, uh, the whole purpose of my coming there was to develop computer programs that would do the kind of things that are being done now. In fact, I, uh, I'm looking now and we're doing some serious construction work here on uh, devising some of the intersections on the freeway and putting in a rail system and so forth. If you know, and I know, that entire design was first done where? In DC. On the, on the computer, right? Now Not that I, did, I didn't know that. I, I'm, a, I'm going yeah. to be man enough, so I didn't know okay. that. <laughs> but but uh, not somebody standing over a drawing board with a pen and a, a, and, and a uh, strip of, of material to draw the color and all of that. So they project the total cost, weight, lengths, and all those kind of things. All of that is done now with a thing called computer-aided design. Yeah. Hmm? Wow. It, it's just fascinating to hear, like I said, just just somebody, you know, your age who's, who's experienced so much, you've actually had the opportunity to see how much technology has evolved. So I think that's fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, uh, and, and I was talking to someone earlier today, and we kind of smile and hold it in my hand. When I was a graduate student at the Curran Institute of Mathematical Studies at New York University, uh, I was told that that the second or third computer in, ever installed was done there. All right, and turns out that my office uh, as a graduate fellow was next door to it, and it took up two and a half floors plus the basement. <laughs> And guess what? It was water cooled. <laughs> wow. They, they, they uh, ran water underneath the concrete on the, on the basement floor, plugged the vacuum tubes into that uh, concrete and ran water through there to keep them cool. Wow. And you got a thing there in your hand that was it. But that entire basement was a vacuum tube. You might even know what vacuum tube is, do you? I've I've seen it a little bit, kind but of, not kind of like a, a a light bulb or whatever. Only those bulbs were uh, five five feet or so, as big as they were almost as big as me. Because back wow. in those days, radios and so forth were made with vacuum tubes, right? Again, you educate me. These are things. <laughs> at that point in time, and uh, so uh, what they were ready to do was to do some redesign or design of new ships and so forth. And the idea was to use computers to do so. And since there was no such thing as a computer programmer, they the best they could do was hire a mathematician. And that, that turned out to be me at the time. And so that's when we started writing computer programs and so forth. And 
and most parts of most of the Navy ships now were designed on computer programs that either I wrote or I, I contracted and managed the, uh, the development of those. Wow. And, and of course, I, I tell people that I don't think that I had ever heard the word naval architecture when I got there, because who, where would I hear the word naval architecture <laughs> in, in, uh, in Washington, D.C., in school? graduates in school and college where would i hear it yeah I would and so now, uh-huh i'm sorry i'm sorry go ahead i'm sorry i want to i'm going to finish no go ahead and say I'm, I'm ready uh because it because during that time you grew up you grew up in the time of segregation so absolutely I was one, so one of the things that I've always wanted because this is this is one of the few times that I actually get to talk to a person, especially a man. Is I've I've talked to quite a few women, but not as many men that uh-huh. I've been able to go in depth with about getting educated during those times. Like how difficult was it? Uh, well, up through college and with some graduate school, you could get that in a uh, college that specifically served us. The school I went to, Miles College in Birmingham, Alabama, served only us because of segregation, right? Right. All right, and and quite frankly, I think that the reason I got to New York University because I was the only one of me in that whole complex, seven-story building, and it was the graduate school for uh, New York University. And I was the only me except my roommate worked in the library, okay? And, uh, and I, I tell people as kind of a, uh, an, an interesting kind of story about what would happen there. Uh, I'm not too sure, but my office, when I was hired there and so forth, they put me in an office next door to the uh, creator of the universe, that of that uh, university, Dr. Curran. And I think that might've had something to do with the possibility so that uh, I would not be harassed, I guess. That's just my speculation. I wow. never had a challenge with it. So did you experience any, like, did you experience, because you, you went from a, basically a, a, a black school to now it was um, integrated. Did you, yeah. like, were they, were they hostile towards you? Were they accepting? How was it? No, they, they, they were accepting. And, and so was I, that, that entire experience, like I said, two years there, I don't think that another person like me came into that school during that time. Okay. Okay. And and uh, it was it was you know like making an adjustment. And I've forgotten now. I I don't think no. I don't think we had separate uh, bathrooms the way or toilets the way we had been in other in other situations or uh, that kind of thing. But I do remember that when I took the job in Washington D.C. 
they uh, helped me to find an apartment. I was living in Birmingham, Alabama. And when I got ready, when I got the job with the Navy Department in Washington, D.C., uh, they recommended an apartment complex for me to get an apartment in. And it turned out when I got there that I wasn't allowed to. Wow. I got other, well, it, 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 it was, it was the, you know, really kind of the ultimate in segregation. And so I'm not even sure I was supposed to be very much in that community. <laughs> what year was this? Uh, that was in 1960. Wow. It's just, it's just like, that's the thing. Like when I talk to people like you, that wasn't that, like, it wasn't that long ago. Like 1960 wasn't that long ago. So you, no. so you have to look at the challenges that people like yourself face. We're in a different time. Like we, this, my generation, I mean, we experienced racism, but nowhere near the level that you all experienced it. Actually, we'll talk about that at some point in time. I am not completely sure that uh, that it isn't uh, as different as you might as you might uh, think. Because if when, okay. you, when you when you look around you and you did a kind of a comparative type thing, uh, you're getting a, what I call a semblance, right? Okay. You're getting a kind of semblance. Of, of, of that kind of thing. And actually now that we have the kind of turmoil going in the country, you're starting to notice that, aren't you? Well, see, okay, this, this is what I mean when I say that. Yeah. And I'm gonna go back to, to education. Yeah. There's no, there's no hurdles for us. Besides the, the biggest hurdle for blacks now in education is money, like loans, student loans, things like that. Yeah. But back in your day, it was segregation. It was, you know, opportunity. Like, you, you couldn't just go to any school you wanted. You couldn't just live anywhere you wanted. Like, it, just at my generation, we can go. We can, we can go to school if we want. We can live where we want. Now, of course, I mean, like, anyway, you, there may be some people with some hostility towards you, but you can still move there. Like there's no obstacle say, hey, you can't move here. Like you, your story was, you couldn't even move to this apartment complex. That's not happening today. Now, would you feel welcome at everywhere you go? No, but if you make a decision, I'm going to go here regardless of the, the people attitude, the people around me, whether they want me here or not, I'm going to go anyway. See, we can do that. You couldn't even do that. That's why I say that. But that kind of thing is, uh, is there. But um, uh, look at it a bit more closely and you will, you will find that there's still the edges uh, there. There are communities. And then what you find out also is that if you look very closely, there are communities that are much better taken care of by the system than ones where you live. Okay, now, I, I definitely get, agree with you on that. <laughs> and you can and you you can get, or at least uh, some quantity of people can get involved and so forth. But the fact is, when you look at it, uh, even in in the major cities right now, you're still set set into uh, areas, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, you're There's right. Areas, 
And guess what? The schools are almost totally segregated, aren't they? Yeah. Huh? You're right. You're right. Uh, You're absolutely it, it, right. Thought process, and they, they tell you that this or that, but if you if you look at the schools, you, you will notice what? That uh, maybe it's got a 10 or 15% of others in there, but for the most part, uh, that's there. Now, if we were talking about what, that's why I tell people be careful about the free enterprise thing. If you were free, then these things, services and availabilities would be the same for everybody. And that's yeah. not necessarily uh that's not necessarily true even now, although you can get, uh, uh, you know, into certain places. And and the services, the same thing happened with services. Services are still not exactly the same. Right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I can't. <laughs> as much as I want to debate with streets. you, I can't. The roads and streets, if you want to do that and the maintenance of, of the uh, buildings where you live and those kind of things. And uh, and we haven't completely adjusted ourselves such that we would make up the difference. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Much as I want to debate with you, I, I can't. Like, and, you, and you, look you, around right. you. Uh, at some point, we'll talk about that, I guess, but if you if you look around you and think about it for a while, uh, uh, at least I think about it. The only way to really bring that about is that if 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 we could somehow find ourselves doing business with each other, we could change a lot of that because that's the driving force behind this American free enterprise system, isn't it? Huh? I'm here. I'm here. What's the driving force behind this free enterprise system? Money. Yeah. Right. And if we started doing business with each other, we'd get a whole lot better treatment because uh, the money would then be moving around among us and not all of it, something like 15 trillion. I think that's where we're talking now. We're talking that our, here in this country, our, our income runs somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 trillion plus. Okay. Yeah. And, Plenty of uh, money. <laughs> and and, and we, we really, in terms of commercial or uh, ownership, uh, it's almost negligent, isn't it? Yeah, you're right. And what is the driving force between free enterprise? The money. Ownership. Yeah. That's the driving force. And although, you know, we can ride the bus now, in fact, uh, I'm trying to think. I think, no, maybe I didn't have to, but I did when I was in school. In fact, uh, you'd have to be careful riding the streetcar. I had a special streetcar to take us to, to, to school. Right. 
but uh, that kind of thing has happened. But when you talk about free enterprise, that relates to uh, business ownership, and that's where the wealth is. Uh, you don't you don't find wealth in in employment jobs. Yeah, that's true. Let me ask you. So yeah. we we talked about education. Yeah. Um, do you feel like do you feel like our generation like the, the I'm 39 so people like my age a little bit older the challenges you face so you face so many challenges but the people became the people that came behind you do you think they've done a good do you think they've done a good job of placing the appropriate amount of value on education I don't I don't I don't really know I um I don't really know and I I guess it's something I hadn't thought a lot about um in that in that arena. Uh, I I think that uh some many of them have have come along with what was not a real strong sufficient parenting. Okay. Okay. Uh, parenting uh, was distracted and parenting almost translated into money and parenting what, what do you mean not, when you say that when you say that what do you mean parenting well, translated into the, money the whole, the whole move and effort to make what we call more money has taken uh, parents away from from the uh, parenting function okay i see what you're saying i see i know i know exactly what you're saying one-year-olds go to daycare yeah okay okay different you get a different kind of involvement and in fact i i spent a lot of years supporting and working education and so forth and the latest impression i had was that very few of them really ever wound up at the school where that child was in school wow okay and uh, that has a great deal of impact on that how that child acts and reacts in school. So uh, the move toward what we call, you know, making more money and and replacing parenting with things. That make any sense? Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like giving it, yeah. like you talking about material things. Like we work, yes, we spend material, a lot of money. Material, right. material things, and uh, and so forth, and and then based on income and so forth, how much they cost. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, this has truly been a. This has truly been a great conversation for me because it's. It's, I don't get, like I said earlier, I don't get a chance to talk to black men who, you said 86, and you know, the average lifespan of black men is, is definitely not 86. So, <laughs> well, that, so has a, God, that has, a, that that has a lot to do with, uh, with, with uh, the, the, the system directs and guides your life from before you are born until and it has a certain it has a certain shall we say benefit that comes from 
each age, probably in either five or about five to 10 year sessions, okay? And so you have to be thought process trained to react as you move through those steps such that you can be used by the system financially. Okay, in wow. fact, you say 39 years old, uh, there are not a whole lot of the things that you wore when you were 18 or 19 that you would wear. <laughs> but now, clothes are still clothes, aren't they? Yes, sir. <laughs> right? And yes, sir. And in fact, that would apply to your car. Yeah. Right? Yeah. To the furniture you buy. Yeah. And the and the act, activity or whatever that you get involved in, that's all programmed. And I know this is a little bit odd, but that whole thing is programmed and you have to act in the 39 to 50 year old category kind of thing. Right, and then when you get a little bit older, by the time you get into fifty or fifty-five or so, that has to change. Otherwise, uh, what the system does not get the benefit of your efforts. Man. How do you so at eighty-six? How do yeah. you how do you stay motivated? Uh, I stay motivated by the fact that there is an answer. Okay, the challenge is that uh, uh, we who uh, have some idea what that is are so small that the system uh, that, that that we don't get into the system and get uh, to do the kind of things. And by the time you get them through school or whatever and into a, a job or position, they're gone off on their own and so forth. And so uh, you, don't, you don't get to see what's going on and you don't get to know. And the, the family concept is not quite as strong. There was a time when you knew and probably lived near each other or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes you can have an impact uh, that way. But basically the system wants to keep you uh, sort of in a sense, sort of isolated because that way it can manage your life and the system does manage your life, doesn't it? Yeah, unfortunately. What time you get up, what you eat, drink, what you dress in, what you uh, use for transportation, right? Yeah. Almost the side of the street you walk on. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And it's systemic to fit the system. All right, it's there to fit the system for that that kind of thing. And of course, for the, in a lot of cases, they look good. So you don't give any kind of thought to the fact that oh, I, that's a part of a training or a fixed thing to keep my mindset managed by the system. Wow, that make any sense? It makes a whole lot of sense. Those things, those things are there, and and it even goes. It's it's a serious thing when it goes to health as well, because uh, what stop you from walking? 
Yeah. Right? And, yeah. and in, in some kinds of area, keep you from going outside the house at night. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You're absolutely right. Right. Tells you what time to get in bed and what time to get out of bed. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, it's, it's crazy because I'm. I, I. It's funny we talk about programming and system because I'm. I'm outside. I'm. I'm. I'm outside. I'm doing this interview, and I'm getting ready to pick my daughter up from tutoring. And we. It's like we always want to go. We. We always moving. So I definitely see what you're talking about. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm I'm. I'm at, I, I, go ahead. I'm sorry. And, and sort of he went back to the day to some extent because some of that stuff wasn't available. That was part of parenting, wasn't it? Right there in the home, how to act and how to, how to approach things and so forth. Those things were yeah. taught right there, which uh, made, in my mind, a difference. I know that over the time I've looked at it, the thing called PTA, uh, Parent Teacher Association, has pretty much been uh, abandoned. I go into a school with 2,300 high school students and five to seven parents are at the parent meeting. Wow. Hmm. Class and maybe 10 with 2,300 students. Wow. And you got a long way to go. <laughs> that shifts. Try that. You know what it does? It sort of shifts the parenting part off to some other part of the system, and yeah. and the other part of the system is going to what direct them toward what the what that part of the system wants it to be, not what could very probably be a uh, a serious and progressive and forward moving kind of thing. And it even impacts relationship. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't, I can't, I, I'm going to be honest. It's, it's times where I feel like that I don't have time just to, just to even spend a minute with my wife because we're just so busy. We're moving so fast. Yeah. And your meetings, yeah, are, right. your meetings are different, aren't you? Your meetings are one place. Hers is another place with different people. Yeah, yep. Like I said, even right now, just 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 something as simple as taking my daughter to tutoring. Like that's yeah. time that you know that we're not together. And then I'm gonna go home. Like my daughter, her like her. I, I feel kind of bad for her because her, at, she'll be eight Wednesday, and it's it's like her. She just feels rushed. Like everything is moving so fast. The days uh -huh. are short, and it. You know, it's it's tough. I think about it, and it's tough. And it's just like we're just trying to do the and, best uh, we can for. Her. And though, and 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 she doesn't get a lot of your time. No, no. Okay, because they, you know, there are all kind of things. The system got all kind of things to keep you uh, busy. I have that. I have a challenge right now with that thing. I when I was raising at least one of set of my grandchildren, I avoided cartoons. Hmm. Now, uh, cartoons are like a way of life, but nothing about a cartoon is human. 
Yeah. Huh? That is deep. That's deep. <laughs> yeah, nothing about a cartoon is, you know, the, the cartoon goes along and somebody gets hit by dynamite on one side of a hill and blows it across the mountain. <laughs> they land on the other side of the hill. They get run over by cars and they get up after the car leaves. Yeah. Right? And yeah. Uh, one of the things my mentor said a long time ago, I just had an argument with somebody about it. The brain is the most phenomenal entity created by God. It is, it is awesome. And his contention was that uh, nothing that you put into your brain ever leaves. It might get buried. But it's there. So I talk about the whole thing with parenting and so forth. Is uh, you you even you even uh, training them in the womb based on what you eat, sleep, and go and do. Wow. And then once they're, once they're out, you you run about three or four hours of cartoons in front of them, and then uh, want them to come back being a scholar. <laughs> you know what I think I think the brain analogy is the perfect way to wrap this conversation up because <laughs> I know me I can talk to you forever because it's truly an honor like I said to get to talk to a black man who's 86 and functioning and, and bright and intelligent and accomplished as you are so I really want to take the time I just really want to thank you for taking the time to do this because it's been an honor to talk to a man that's so accomplished. So I'm, I humbly appreciate the time that you gave me. Right. And, uh, and we'll talk, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk again. Okay. Definitely, uh, sir. It's been an honor. Whenever, whenever you had a time or want to just get in touch, we can, we can chat separate from a uh, broadcast and so forth. Yes, sir. I'm going to make the time to do it. All right. I'm here. All right. That's, thank that's you, the whole reason why I'm here, man. Thank you. I truly appreciate it. And right. I'm going to wrap this up. And I thank everyone for listening. You all have a great day. All right. Bye now.